and welcome to the Really Random Movie Reviews Podcast. Real people, real takes. I'm Danielle. And I'm Ben. In this show, we have an online movie generator choose a film for us to watch. It could be from any genre and any decade, as long as it's easily accessible for us. After viewing the movie, we sit here and discuss it at length. This week, we're talking about Macbeth from 2015. What will we think? Well, grab some popcorn, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, so we are talking about Macbeth. It is from 2015. It is directed by Justin Kurzel, and it stars Michael Fassbender, Marion Cotillard, Jack Rayner, David Thewlis, and many more. So this movie is a direct adaptation of Shakespeare's play Macbeth or the Scottish play, as it's called. And it's essentially about a duke in Scotland named Macbeth, and he receives a prophecy from a trio of witches that one day he will become king of Scotland. And the plot follows him taking action to make sure that the prophecy becomes true. So this is a very classic tale. Like, we've We've pretty much all read, heard Macbeth, even especially in the theater world, you know the name. So, Ben, what is your background with this story, with this play? I just remember like reading it once in high school, I think. And what did you think of it? Eh, I'm not a huge Shakespeare fan. Yeah, same. I, I've I've read it too in high school. Yeah, I didn't. Love it. I mean, I'm not a huge Shakespeare fan either, but I actually I don't think I've seen an adaptation of this like on screen or on stage. So this is kind of my first experience of that. How about you? Same. The only adaptation I've ever seen is like Romeo and Juliet because that's done to death. Which one was it? Uh, I've seen the Leo one. I've seen couple others mm-hmm. yeah and i feel like we've all been taught shakespeare in high school in any class that's not american literature and it's like okay sure i mean yes shakespeare and his plays their plays whoever whatever you want to believe about who shakespeare was as a person or whatever because it's there's a lot of ambiguity he contributed a lot to the English language as we know it today. And he's a bit he was a huge pioneer of modern English and his plays have stood the test of time because they're a- adapted over and over and over again over the centuries. But do we really need to learn it in every freaking class? Yeah, seriously. Like I get it. It's it's very monumental and especially that essentially or allegedly one person wrote all of those plays if you believe that i don't know what i believe to be honest because the records are very wishy-washy yeah but to say the least what the 1300s yeah and there are records that someone named william shakespeare lived was that a pen name was that a kind of a what started companies as we know it or like a writing staff we never know. You never know. And it's a lot of people say it's hard to believe that one person wrote all of those. But I just think we don't need to spend as much time as we do on them. 
Yeah. Personally. Yeah. And if you love Shakespeare and that's your thing, good for you. Yep. Go ahead and read, watch that. Like, that's great. And it's great that he still, his works still have an audience. Mm-hmm. But personally, it's just not for me. Yeah, same. So let's get into the cast, because this is a really good cast in this movie. So the lead character is played by Michael Fassbender. And if you don't know, Michael Fassbender plays Magneto in the newer iterations of the character, like in Days of Futures Past, First Class. Gotcha. Yeah. And he's actually the fourth X-Men character to famously play Macbeth. Really? Because Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, and James McAvoy have all played Macbeth either on stage or on screen. Okay. I didn't know that. Mm Mm-hmm. He's also in Prometheus, Alien Covenant. He's he played Steve Jobs, and I think he he was at least nominated for an Oscar for that. Um, that movie was really good. He was in Inglorious Bastards as the British spy. Okay, the one. The f- who, yeah. Okay. Three glasses. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he's he has a huge filmography. He's a great actor. Yeah, he is. And then Marianne Cotillard, who is a French actress, has a huge filmography for French films. And she also made it into American or English media. She played Edith Piaf in La Vie en Rose. Okay. She was in Inception. Okay. She was in... Okay, she was in Assassin's Creed, but so was Michael Fassbender with the same director. (laughs) That's probably why she looked familiar. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. Anchorman 2. She was in The Dark Knight Rises as Miranda. Gotcha. Yeah. She was in Midnight in Paris, which is a good movie. Yeah, she has a huge filmography as well. So a really good cast here with the main leads, especially. Mm -hmm. What did you think of the acting in this movie? It was really good. Like they had, it was a good cast with a good director. So that's just. Cause for good acting. What about you? Yeah, I thought they were really good with delivering those lines, too. Yeah. And I think they were really believable as husband and wife. Like, they had really good chemistry, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. Yeah, they did. One thing I'll also say with the acting, too, the accents were really good. Yeah, they were. Like, it's hard to do a Scottish accent and to pull it off for the entire film. Yep. Like, I don't even think Braveheart could pull it off fully. I mean, Mel Gibson did a great job. But most of the other actors, you could you could hear some slip-ups. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I could hear a little bit in this movie. Um, but for the most part, it was great. And I actually read online that um, Marianne Cotillard, with her role as Lady Macbeth, because she is from France, she was allowed to keep her native accent for the movie and it's never actually said if lady macbeth is from scotland yeah in the play at least yeah so there are they are able to take some liberties and so and it's also believable that he would have that he could have a french wife because people were marrying everyone in europe at the time and a lot of marriages were basically business deals with royals yep at least that high up 
So it's very believable that they could, that she could have been from France. And especially for this movie, they wanted a character to seem like an outsider and not fully understand the Scottish culture and the power plays and politics that go into the plot. And they thought that Lady Macbeth would be a good character for that. And especially because she is a driving force for Macbeth to do what he does. Yeah. And I can see that. Do you have any gripes with this movie? I mean, it's more of a nature of the script, which they adapted from Shakespeare, which from my memory, which I read it years ago, they kept it pretty faithful to the to the original source material. It's just a lot of talking and dialogue. And I mean, Shakespeare is famous for his soliloquies, his monologues. And those don't always translate well on film. Like on stage, it's great because you have an audience to project to. Because um, life is but a walking shadow. The most famous soliloquy in that play. Mm -hmm. That's supposed to be a soliloquy, at least from my memory. Whereas he's the only one on stage. That's what solo soliloquy Mm-hmm. And monologue. Um, yeah. I mean, you could have a monologue, but if other characters on stage, it's not a soliloquy. Gotcha. At least from my memory of high school English. Uh, I could be wrong. I mean, I th- I like what they did with making some of those soliloquies into like having other characters. Like he's with her and saying that and reciting that famous soliloquy. But sometimes it's like when someone's just talking to themselves, it seems really weird. Yeah. And something like that, I mean, it can be done very well and translate well on film. But I think in something like this, it didn't always translate for me and didn't always nail it, in my opinion. Yeah, same. And I don't remember in this film, they didn't do the out, out damned spot, which is like, Lady Macbeth's, like, most famous line when she's washing her hands. Gotcha. Like, she doesn't do that in this. I don't remember it. Neither do I. And, yeah. And that's supposed to be, like, the spot of death, right? Yeah, but it's blood on her hands and she had just killed um, some kids, like, herself. Gotcha. Or killed someone herself and... Or she sees the death on her hands and she just can't wash it away. Like, she didn't do that in this movie. Um, I could be way misremembering the plot. But, yeah. I don't know. I just think it was... I mean, Shakespeare's just a lot of talking and dialogue. Whereas, like, a lot of films or TV shows that take inspiration from something like this, they can make it a lot more entertaining than just sitting and talking to each other. I think the lines were executed very well. Yeah. But with it being very internal, it's hard to really engage in it. Yeah. Especially because they're speaking in Shakespearean English and we don't speak like that. <laughs> yeah. No one speaks an iambic pentameter 24-7. Yeah. And it is really dense. The scene's passed and you're processing what they're saying still. So it's like, You're just constantly playing catch up on what's going on. 
How was it? I mean, I know it's been years for you, but how was it reading the plays? Like, did you find it hard to interpret? I found it very hard to interpret because I can never read between the lines very well. See, yeah, that's the thing. That's like probably people's main gripe with Shakespeare is just like, what the fuck is he talking about? (laughs) No, I meant like, even with something as hitting you over the head as Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. I barely got that message. Yeah. So putting me into reading Shakespeare, you're lucky if I'm even awake by the end. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. Even like reading Shakespeare, even for someone like me who's a little better at detecting or reading between the lines or looking for metaphors because that's just been ingrained in me. I I even have problems with it. Like when I was reading it in high school, um, you have to reread it like five times to figure out what they're saying. And one thing I heard from a teacher was like, sometimes it helps to read it out loud. And so reading it out loud helps. But I think in a visual recreation of the play where they are acting it out and you're watching it, it is easier to interpret it because you see what's happening and you see their gestures and their interpretation of the script. Gotcha. So, like, the actor is delivering the lines with the emotion behind it or their interpretation and the director's interpretation of the emotion behind it and inflection. And I think, personally, and especially for someone who is neurotypical, who can understand emotions and inflections it's a lot easier to understand what they're saying and the meaning behind it when you're watching them act it out gotcha and it's easier to follow because you get the some of the context behind it and the nonverbal cues which nonverbal is way more important in a lot of cases than verbal because they add those context clues but when you're just reading it like if you're reading a text or an email you're not getting the emotion behind it. No, and that's why sometimes if you're texting somebody, some they can get the wrong meaning out of it. Yeah, because you used a period instead of an exclamation mark. They're like, oh my God, are they mad at me? <laughs> yeah. You know? When it could have just been a slip of the thumb. Yeah, like, hey, just hey, or hey with a period. That Those two mean something very different. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I'm trying to say. It's like it is at least for me and someone who does understand emotion like that. It was easier to follow watching them act it out than just like if I was reading it because it's so metaphorical. And so it's a poem. The whole play is a poem. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's written in verse. (laughs) I think that's also a reason I found it a little too dense for my tastes Mm. because yeah, I like poems, but if it just keeps going and going and going, you lose my attention very quickly. Yeah, or even with Shakespeare, even the prose, like because usually the lower class characters will speak in prose, whereas the high class will speak in verse and in iambic pentameter. And even when they're speaking in prose, which is just written word, there's no rhythm or you know, lines or like however many syllables. They're just talking like, quote unquote, a normal person would. Even then, it's still dense. (laughs) Yeah. 
So yeah, I I just found even, but even though it was easier to follow, it was still pretty dense, even in the movie, in my opinion. I agree with you wholeheartedly. It was easier to see what was going on, but I was still just playing catch up. I get that. What did you think of the different forms of lighting and like the color palettes? It was interesting. Like going from the darkness of when he was just a lord in the king's court versus the brighter colors when he was king. And then it slowly faded back into darkness. Yeah. And like the um, at the very end um, and the climax when it's like a big like kind of battle scene and everything is uber saturated and it's foggy and they're bright red and bright yellow and it's hard to see and it's just like screaming at you. Yeah. 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 I noticed that too where it had like the color palette got a little brighter when he became king, but then slowly as he became more corrupted. Yeah. So did the color palette. Mm-hmm. And I like those kind of artistic choices where they use something that you can see to show what's going on inside. Exactly. And it helps, especially in this case, it e- it helps even more to understand mm-hmm. what's going on. And especially with something that is so internally driven, yeah. it brings it to the outside. Yeah. So, shall we talk about themes? Sure, why not? All right, I think the most important themes of this movie, play, whatever you want to call it, is just being corrupted by power and greed Mm -hmm. and what that does to a person, to a family, and what they're willing to do. Like, he got so corrupted, he was willing to kill his friend's wife and children. Yeah. And at least from my perspective, a lot of greed and this kind of corruption of power is driven by fear. Yep. And fear turns to paranoia. Mm-hmm. And then paranoia turns to greed. Yep. And then they act out and they'll do anything it takes because they're afraid that they're going to get overthrown. Yeah, it's a self, it was a self of self fulfilling prophecy. Exactly. You know, kind of like what happens in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Or we've seen it happen today in modern times with different world leaders, like how they're so paranoid that they'll do anything to keep everyone out. Yep. And keep everyone away from their seat. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it a little bit in this country. We see it a lot in other countries that I won't really name. Yeah. I I can think of at least two. No, three, actually. But yeah, it's a very real world concept that we see all the time. Mm-hmm. One thing also, I guess, um, I mean, this isn't really a theme, but like the whole thing with like the witches in the play, he's cursed, whatever. It's just kind of funny how the play turned into a curse in the theater world or right? the, the name Macbeth to the point where even if they're doing a production of it, they refer to it as the Scottish play. Yeah. My sister has a anecdote of this. So they were doing 
I think, a production of Hamlet for high school. And she was, like, stage crew for it. So one day, one of her friends decided to, like, go test that curse, went center stage and said, Macbeth. And one of the things fell. What thing? Uh, One of the things they were working on, like, they were pulling it up. Oh, one of, like, the banners or the set. Yeah. Backdrop. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And even for this movie, I saw they they referred to it as the Scottish film <laughs> okay. when they were shooting it, in, like, in pre-production and production. All right, then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a funny, um, I mean, you haven't seen this because you didn't really watch Nickelodeon as a kid, but I always think of um, Jimmy Neutron. If anyone has seen the show, they once did a production of Macbeth, but they did it Macbeth in space because Jimmy Neutron and their kids. And there is a scene where Carl, his best friend, goes like, oh, well, like, I guess it's like I'm going to butcher like the paraphrasing of what he said. But he was like, he was like, I know it's bad luck to say Macbeth. But congratulations on getting the part of Macbeth. Oh, my God, I said Macbeth. (laughs) (laughs) All right. He said it a lot more than that. But yeah, it's a it's great. Anyway, um, Ben, would you recommend this movie? And if so, what would you recommend it for? If thou hath the patience for a Shakespearean film. Okay. Go right at the head. But if you don't, I don't blame you. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. If you like Shakespeare or that sort of thing, go for it and have fun. But if not, you can skip it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you enjoy this movie at all? Uh, I was slowly going lights out. So, eh. Yeah, I, I was interested in the beginning. Yeah, same. And then it just kind of stayed in that note. And I was like, okay. All right, cool. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that'll be it for us this episode. Let's go to the movie generator and see what we'll get next time. Oh, yeah. Deadpool 2 from 2018? Really? I thought it was newer than that, but okay. Yeah, I guess it was. I mean, I I know I was in college when I watched it. I mean, it is two years after the first one. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm excited. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) And we can recap our thoughts on the first one because we've both seen the first one. And love it. Yeah. (laughs) So we'll do that next week when we uh, get to reviewing Deadpool 2. Woo woo! All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Really Random Movie Reviews. What are your thoughts on Macbeth and Shakespeare in general? Let us know on social media. Our links are in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Bye.